Welcome to Fem Lead, the podcast on female leadership and role models. This show aims to inspire and equip you with the tools you need to navigate your career plans. FemLead brings inspiring career perspectives and strategies to guide your path to success. Your host, Alexandra, will interview role models on new exciting topics with each episode. If you like what you hear, give us a review and subscribe to the show on your preferred streaming platform. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Family Podcast. We're back. We have new guests, and today we're going to talk about a super relevant and nice topic, community building, internal communication, and career change. Our next guest is a brand and communication professional with an extensive experience in the jewelry industry. Her career spans a variety of roles within brand communication, PR, and internal communication, driving a variety of initiatives and campaigns. A recent example is setting up the internal communication for Pandora's digital and technology function and working to establish the digital and technology community with various initiatives, among other hackathons. In October 22, she took on a new role at Pandora as brand manager, managing one of the company's collections. Laura Jurna is our guest today, and we're thrilled to have her part of the community where she'll share more about the importance of community building and how to tackle a career change. So without further ado, let's welcome Laura to FemLead Podcast. Hi, Laura. Welcome to FemLead Podcast. It's really a pleasure to have you here. How are you today? I'm really awesome and super excited to be here. Uh, so thank you so much for inviting me. And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to speaking uh, to you. I'm super excited too. We actually connected uh, a few months ago. We were uh, we also met uh, in person at one of the uh, tech events in Copenhagen and uh, We've been connected ever since because um, you, Laura, have a great uh, story to share about your career. Uh, but like we've also discussed, uh, it's not necessarily that uh, you spend too much time going out there and talking about it. So then we created the stage for you to share your cool experience and some advice with us. So I'm super happy to have you here today. And as I've mentioned, we're going to talk about uh, super important topics such as community building, internal communication, branding, and how does one succeed in this uh, in these roles within a large organization. You're now working for Pandora, but uh, of course, my intro is uh, fairly limited. So I will please invite you to share what is the scope of your role now at Pandora and maybe tell us a little bit more about the details of your day to day engagements. Mm. Yeah, so so currently I'm working um, in a marketing team at Pandora as a brand manager, where I'm managing uh, one of our collections. And uh, I started this role uh, quite recently. That was in October 2022. And uh, prior to that, as you already mentioned, I was a communications manager for the digital and tech team, where I was doing internal and also external communication. And uh, I think the great thing also about the brand manager role is that you always can take those skills that you have uh, that you have learned from from the previous experience and really apply it to also new roles. And uh, what I do currently is so I manage the collection, uh, which really um, encompasses a lot of things. So building the strategy going forward for the collection. Um, uh, managing uh, also uh, different teams and working with different teams across functions, so design, um, merchandising, and I find it super exciting. Also really being in touch with the markets and uh, I just love collaboration and uh, talking to people and create something together. Sounds really cool. And 
just the title brand manager to me sounds really fun. So I studied the communications as well, marketing, business, PR, or a mix of everything. And I always thought the role brand manager sounds really cool because I will, you know, you're at at the junction of um, supporting the organization, but also making sure that its brand is moving the organization for, further, and it's kind of well recognized so that people keep in touch with what's going on in the organization and outside. And I think everybody's curious to know more about the details of the role, but uh, we also uh, discussed that um, in this role, you've also brought in some other skills that you've had from your past experiences. And one of my questions is about um, community building and community management. Um, in your in your past role um, as working for the communication uh, uh, team in uh, digital and tech, you had community building at the core of your role. So how does one even start to build communities within an organization? And that's a really good question. <laughs> and I honestly believe there is no clear answer to this. Um, it's uh, when I started um, as a communications manager and I was given the task, you know, to build this community, it felt like, okay, I joined something really exciting where it felt like, there is no, um, you know, a guide on how to actually do this. And uh, so um, it was super exciting to be part of this, uh, to set it up internally um, and really establish it as a part of uh, this um, engine, communications engine in the digital hub in Copenhagen for Pandora. And I, as I said, I, like, I didn't know much about how to build a tech community. <laughs> And um, I found it uh, always a fascinating aspect of uh, the tech environment as such, that it was something that was always very much embedded and that came, you know, when you talk about digital and technology. And uh, I was really intrigued by the questions like, how do we actually bring people together? How do we drive engagement, increase engagement, make our colleagues' voices count and you know, create an environment where colleagues feel comfortable and also most importantly, I believe, to be their genuine self. Um, and answers to those questions, I think, define if people feel happy and engaged and motivated and to really give up, you know, a hundred percent every day. <laughs> so to your question, so how does one build communities? Um the way I tackled it personally, uh, so I started actually with observing what is the actual playing field. <laughs> and I believe every company has a playing field. And here we talk about, you know, the real basics. So what is the vision, the mission, and what is the actual culture and behavior we want to establish and nurture? Um, hence, I think a critical part at the beginning for me was also to have talks with the leaders and um, to really understand what is the framework and discuss with them what culture we want to build. Um, this is all part of the process, um, but that was only, you know, to set, as I said, the framework. I think the key element here was really to have lots and lots of talks with colleagues, <laughs> uh, where the key objective was really to listen and understand, understand who they are, what did they enjoy? What what are they really passionate about? What is what is it that they would wish to see more of? And what were current pain points? 
and um, you soon find kind of a common ground and that's where the work actually begins <laughs> and you know putting initiatives in place thinking about you know um, what is it that I want to do to actually build this community and start building it so um, one of the examples was that we started was internal knowledge sharing sessions, hackathons, you know, where we enabled people to do uh, rapid innovation and work together in groups they usually would not, not work and colleagues they wouldn't work with, fireside chats and so on. And there are many more initiatives that are obviously also part of building a community that you might not actually think of, such as onboarding, how you introduce new employees, um, how do you celebrate your colleagues and, and achievements and so on. Um, but I think what, what one needs to really bear in mind if you build communities that it really takes time <laughs> and patience. Yeah. It's not like all employees will show up on the first, you know, knowledge sharing sessions or, you know, cue uh, on you know hey I really want to share my knowledge on this and that topic so it really takes time to also establish those and um, to also um, yeah to also make clear to colleagues this is something valuable and that's also something that it's it's there for you to explore and enjoy absolutely I'm super happy you've mentioned this towards the end of your answer that it takes time because I feel that in certain situations, uh, well, obviously it depends on one's experience, but there's also the setup of like, okay, but I tried for like a month and no one is interested. So do should we really do this? And it's a fair question. And I feel like, you know, uh, you should be always questioning um, why we're doing what we're doing and, you know, uh, how we are approaching it and when is the best timeline to say, okay, we've tried enough. But when it comes to working in large organizations, and obviously this this is something that now I have more experience with myself, is just um, it's it takes time to align and it also takes time to bring the right people together. You will never be able to bring everyone together at the first try. Like you said, it's just also a matter of uh, connecting with the right stakeholders and making sure that you explain the value. But I truly believe in consistency and the, uh, let's say, compound interest of showing up <laughs> and on your fourth or fifth uh, setup or meetup, you will have uh, 10x people. And on the first meeting, you'll probably have the five that could take that uh, time to figure out what is this. And I feel like this is an important uh, message to share that uh, you should probably discuss a realistic timeline on building communities within large organizations or even external communities about the topic. Because even the FemLead community, it only became more tangible after a year and a half when we had our first event. And it was more or less a pilot to see if people will show up to a conference about career development. It wasn't like we knew that, okay, this is the best idea we could, ha we could have right now and we'll just go forward with it. So I'm very happy that you've mentioned that as well. And uh, on that note, let's discuss challenges then, because you did mention you have different uh, steps of the process and things to consider. What are the challenges and how did you approach them? How did you become successful at uh, community building within Pandora? Yeah, so uh, so the challenges, I think you, you touched slightly upon them because, you know, when we talk about uh, building communities in a 
in a global organization, I think it also adds a lot of complexity, this global scale <laughs> of things. Um, and I think it's one thing to set set them up locally, but I believe it is a challenge to feel uh, everyone in a global company, you know, being really part of a community because there is only as many um, uh, physical events as you can do. But I believe also over the last few years, especially with Corona, we got used to meet online. And I, I believe that nowadays it's a bit, it became a bit easier or, you know, also people got a bit more used to meeting virtually. Um, but yeah, other challenges I feel that might occur um, and that I've experienced was, uh, as, as you said, you know, in the first event, not a lot of people will show up. And I think one of the biggest uh, challenges I I felt was to integrate those community initiatives uh, into people's everyday day to day, um, let's say, right? Uh, because those initiatives were consistently there, um, but also to make them visible, interesting, and really ensure that colleagues have the space for those uh, in their day to day. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges that it's really hard to overcome uh, if, you know, colleagues are busy and, you know, the business is running. Um, so it, it is an important discussion to also have a dialogue with the leaders to really say this is really important and this is, you know, how much engagement it actually drives. And we really need to make the space for those initiatives despite our busy day to day <laughs> and connect. Yeah, I love that. I'm super happy you've mentioned the importance of a prioritization because truth be told, in the beginning of a new initiative, unless it's super, you know, a super high level leadership mandate, your prioritization <laughs> scheme really doesn't work from the beginning. So people do not understand or do not necessarily um, believe that going to the first try is necessarily uh, the current setup, so they would wait until more people show up, or you have a more interesting speaker, or you have a, a team created. So I really want to applaud the first movers here who listen that always show up to company events and to initiatives because they are really driving, you know, the development of some very cool initiatives. If you wouldn't have people that would show up, of course, the success of of any initiative would just uh, um, not be there, right? But you do have those people who are like, you know what, I'm going to say yes to this uh, invite I got on this community engagement event. And mm -hmm. they, they show up and they help promote it. So super nice to also applaud those who actually take time to build those communities in the beginning when things are really unclear, right? Yes, and having advocates, right? I think it's really important and to really identify those and, you know, take them on the side and, uh, you know, build also stories around those people where you know that they're going to go out into the company and, uh, you know, make some word of mouth basically for this initiative, right? Absolutely. And engage also other people. So, I mean, uh, as a communications manager, you kind of... Um, create a platform but it's really then up to the people to shape it and form it um because it is you know made for them <laughs> to thrive Absolutely. and exchange so yeah very good point very good point and when it comes to using this um, community building initiative for the external ecosystem let's say or for outside engagements what does it help with having a community a strong community uh, built internally 
So um, I think having a strong internal community helps like in many ways, uh, uh, also in, in the light of employer branding, right? Um, I think it, uh, it really uh, makes, it, makes it easier to, to create stories around that and um, yeah, to, uh, to uh, promote the company. But what I also think um, it's important on this outside engagement inside the company is, um, so as part of actually community initiatives, uh, if I may, may talk a bit about that, is that um, we, we, we talk now a lot about, you know, how those internal um, community in initiatives help drive engagement. But I think there is also a key element in actually um, engaging with the outside community, right? And this, in this aspect, we will we talk about, you know, tech communities that are not inside the organization, but outside. And I think here the interesting aspect is that, um, um, you know, you have those different forms where you can, uh, uh, on the one hand, you know, give back to the community, and really engage with, you know, uh, great organizations like just to do some name dropping here, like Hack Your Future or a Ready School or, you know, coding classes for Copenhagen, where um, where we promoted it internally, where our colleagues can really volunteer and engage and give something back, which also, I mean, I've seen great energy around this and you know great feedback and because uh, sometimes in the day-to-day -day you don't really think about those right and uh, I think it's it is key um, to engage uh, here as well but uh, on the other hand you have also um, on this outside engagement inside the company um, you know meetups that also drive uh, drive engagement and enable us to connect with communities outside of our own and broaden also widen our horizon on uh, on many levels so i love that and for the audience that's outside denmark or outside the copenhagen region you should definitely check out hack your future ready school and coding pirates all initiatives that are also expanded uh, outside copenhagen area where um some very cool people take some great initiatives to uh, promote uh, coding and also to help people from different backgrounds, uh, sometimes uh, difficult backgrounds to move past the social economic situation that they're in and um, also diversify and bring more people to the tech world. So go in and check them out because they're doing something really, really, really amazing. Thank you so much for that, uh, for that note, Laura, as well. Um, I want to move forward discussing your career in brand management because, as I said, I think your title is very cool and I'm very curious to understand what does it mean exactly. So for those of our listeners who are interested in building a career in brand management, can you tell us more about, well, one, uh, what, let's say, what is the scope of your role um, currently? Um, of course, you work for, for specific campaigns, but is there anything else that they should be aware of? And what skills do you think can recommend them for such a role? Mm. So from from the day to day, I think one of the key um, key skills that you need is really strategic thinking. It requires um, a lot of you from your day to day um, as a brand manager. What I also really like is this um, is this aspect of this role where you have um, where you really utilize your creative side, but also your analytical side. And I like to merge those two. Um, so that's 
That's super interesting. Um, so I've been doing a lot of an analytical work, analyzing the data and um, understanding what does it tell us about, you know, the, the consumer, uh, what is the purchase behavior and, you know, is it something that is in line with the strategy or do we need to, you know, adjust it? Do we need to rethink the product based on that? And yeah, so it's super, super interesting and I can talk hours and hours about it. And uh, the other, I think, important um, aspect of this role is uh, stakeholder management, which is also one of the reasons why I really enjoy it. You don't work just by yourself, but you have a lot of stakeholders. And uh, that, I think, um, is one of the skill sets that you also need uh, as, a, as a communications manager, right? You need to be able to manage a lot of uh, different stakeholders. Um, and uh, really understand what is it they are trying to tell you and, uh, you know, how to translate it, how to work with them, how to build relationships uh, going forward to do your best work you can. <laughs> so when it comes to uh, our listeners that want to start a career in brand management, and of course, you've had some experience in internal communication and communication roles before, but if uh, if we are to talk now about your current career step, what advice do you give people on your based on your career progression and how you made the decision to go into this new field? Mm. Yeah, so I I made the decision uh, really based on on talks with uh, my manager. So I had um, you know constant career conversations with my manager, and we built really like this trustworthy uh, relationship where we really openly discussed, okay, what is what is the next step you want to take, Laura? And, uh, you know, what is it that you would be interested? What skills do you want to build? Uh, where do you think you want to get better? And naturally, I at some point said, um, you know, I think what I'm doing right now is really great, but I have this, I'm very curious about something really new. <laughs> and then she was like, okay, what is it? And then I was like, I want to go into marketing. That's what I said. And um, and she was like, great. Do you have a, an idea of what role? I'm like, not sure yet. <laughs> so then she really advised me, okay, then go and, you know, maybe look at different uh, job ads and see, you know, what is it that, that you find appealing and that uh, you would find really interesting. Um, so that's what I eventually did. And um uh, then really soon it um, it became clear to me that brand management is something that you know I feel like uh, it's super interesting. It's uh, it has you know everything that I was looking for: creativity and uh, analytics, a combination of both. And um, after that, it was really um, a lot about you know connecting with people uh, inside the company, having those talks, and applying and applying and. Uh, you know, uh, believing that uh, you can do this and selling it also then to <laughs> um, to the manager that uh, that would hire me eventually. So, yeah. Yeah, but I think you you mentioned something there that's super important to highlight. One, um, the importance of having someone that promotes your um, desire for curiosity and for learning something new because you were definitely aware of the fact that you were not, uh, let's say, um, super aware of how exactly the role is going to shape and how you can shape the role. So you were literally kind of trying to figure that out on the fly, but you had the manager who believed in you. And how important is that to any 
career progression, especially in, in companies where you know you need to go through an internal process of like figuring out exactly what the role is about. You know, um, there's a lot of uh, knowledge and there's a lot of talent within the organization. So then you go and talk to people how important it is to have a manager that believes in you. So first important note. <laughs> and then, of course, um, you also mentioned that you had to talk to people and kind of, in a way, sell yourself internally, which is honestly super relevant for anyone listening who's interested in progressing and maybe did not have this experience yet. It's all about selling yourself and why you are the best person for the role even without having prior experience in that role. So thinking that you were unlucky or thinking that, oh, it was a personal decision, it's just there's so there's so much complexity that goes into such a decision that I think it's important to highlight it's not easy for anyone. And why, how cool it is that you're sharing, hey, this is what I did. <laughs> like it wasn't the, you know, the offer just came. I, I had to consider it. I had to talk to my manager. I had to talk to other people about how can my skills be utilized and how can I grow in a new role where I also feel excited and curious about the challenge, right? Um, super important, super, super, super important to note. And on that note, I know that in our call, you decided uh, to also share a bit of your career uh, story with me before, which inspired me to ask you some questions about uh, career change, because I do know that uh, deciding on a career change for you was not necessarily easy, and that uh, you really had to consider, you know, is this the best thing for me? And like, what, how is it going to look like? So can you tell us a little bit about the story and also what were the main focus area when deciding to, to make that switch? Yeah, so it wasn't easy, right? Because it's, um, it's you're going to get out of your comfort zone. That's the first thing. Although I'm I'm someone that is really always eager to do that, <laughs> it is still a step where you are a bit like okay, unsure what's gonna happen. You you don't know. You just venture into the unknown, and um, it's all about you know trusting yourself and uh, and be really resilient and persistent uh, during the process because not. It will not work out just from the day one you decide, okay, I want to, you know, change careers. And then, you know, in a month, I'm going to have a new career. No, it takes, uh, it takes really a long time, uh, but it's really worth it to, um, to stick to what you believe you want to do and uh, trust your also gut feeling uh, in this process. And um, I think having also here the support from my friends and uh, my partner was, was really important to who were always encouraging me, you know, keep on going, um, keep on, you know, talking to people and uh, eventually it will work out. The right thing is going to come. <laughs> um, so, yeah, as, as I already mentioned, I think um, the main, main focus areas when deciding to make the switch was, um, I think it was at some point, you know, you also feel that um, at least for me, uh, for this career move, it was that, you have, I have done a lot in the, in the previous role and I had, you know, just this big appetite to, to venture into something new and try something new and uh, uh, feel a bit, you know, like someone that needs to start from, from scratch. <laughs> and I yeah. think it's a really nice feeling. Um, you know, you will, you will fail a few times, then you need to get up and, uh, and, start over again right because mm -hmm. it, it will be 
you will do things for the first time if you start uh, in a new role. Absolutely. And, I think and that's super exciting. And yeah. so cool that you've mentioned that um, there's always a little bit of a, of, of, of a doubt of whether it's good or bad. <laughs> but if you don't take the step, and how many times have we said this in this podcast? I do not remember. But, you know, taking the step and kind of seeing where that leads is also fairly um, hard to to really explain. But it is really what it is. You need to move forward and have faith that it will be okay. <laughs> Because, of course, if not, you will be constantly thinking what if I would have taken this opportunity and I'm I'm very happy you've mentioned this that you had to try it because you reached a point in your career where you were like well if I don't try it now if I don't have this curiosity to see if if I'm fit or if I if I like this role or this new career trajectory how would I know right super super relevant and I like that you took time for the reflection. It's it's obvious that uh, um, you've had some, you've done some thinking about uh, sharing with us uh, super relevant points. So thanks a lot for that. What is then your latest reflection now? Uh, now that uh, we've we've been chatting here on this podcast, and you had time to consider a little bit your progression as well. Yeah, I think what I'm uh, what I'm constantly thinking is like I love how exciting things are. <laughs> I love how exciting things are um, in my in my career, and um, it's all on you know on ourselves, on um, on us to decide where we want to take things. So everything that we create, right, it's really on us. But I think it's also super critical to, and I think you also mentioned it before, to really have also sponsors behind you. Right, whatever you are doing in uh, in your career, to really find those critical people that want to help you, that want to support you throughout throughout this time. Um, yeah, so far I think on the on the career change, my latest reflection is that I um, I need to be also kinder to myself because I went into this new role putting the bar very high. <laughs> And uh, considering to what I did before, and um, I'm someone that really likes to achieve things, and uh, and I have a lot of drive. Um, so I have a, I had also very high expectations of myself, which is um, you know putting sometimes a lot of pressure on us if we start something and you want to deliver right away and achieve great results. Um, and what I had to reflect and be more kind to myself was also that things just take a bit more time right if you have a career change and um, you need to be kinder to yourself and be like okay you know the next time I will do better and with practice it will get better <laughs> so yes. um, yeah one needs to really consider that you just navigate through an environment that you don't know and um, where you're exposed to new things daily which is really beautiful because you learn every day and inspires you also to drive Uh, forward and to do even better the next day yes so I get a lot of energy from from that and from learning something new and being outside of the comfort zone I love that you said that overachievers just <laughs> wanting everything to happen and at the same time or by the end of the week if possible super relevant also for me and my um, new careers trajectory and the new career step I took last year 
And this is an advice that I take for myself right now personally to be kinder and also to understand that change comes with a different timeline. <laughs> and it's not, you're not gonna be achieving results of something that you've known by heart for more than two years, three years of, you know, really uh, becoming good at your craft and then moving into a new setup, a new ecosystem, a larger company and trying to replicate that especially if you have a new role, it's really nearly impossible. So super relevant to have reflected on that, Laura. Thank you for that. Let let me ask you towards the end because we're going to uh, go close to the final five fire questions. But before that, I want to ask you two more things. One is, let's talk a little bit about leadership lessons because you've also you've grown in your roles as, uh, as well and you learn a lot and you had interacted with really cool people. So what would you say are three main leadership lessons that you've learned from your professional endeavors? Yeah. So <clears throat> what I've learned from others and what I value, I think, in a, I mean, in a leader is that three things. <laughs> so transparency is key. Um, I believe if you're not transparent, people will through, see through it. Um, another one is walk the talk. It's one of my favorites. Um, Otherwise, you know, people will end up disappointed and, and uh, yeah, we don't want that. <laughs> um, and each, I, I believe that each person uh, can teach us something really valuable. So, you know, being humble and uh, listening to, to any person you meet uh, out there um, is something really valuable. So relevant and so to the point. Um, super relevant. Okay, I'm going to sum up with somehow of a more complex question so you can answer the way you want because um, I'm curious both about what surprised you in your career, but maybe linked to that to sum up. I also want to know if, you know, from all of your experiences, is there something that you would do differently looking back? So, you know, um, any sort of uh, decision or any sort of uh, reflection that is really important to share with with our audience yeah uh that's a good one uh, let me maybe start with um what is the biggest surprise uh in my career um i think uh, one of them was uh which i in, in the very early stage didn't found that relevant in the beginning but then really understood is how important it actually is for i think all of us to really have those one or two colleagues that are also your friends kind of at work <laughs> and where you can, you, you know, ask for more support and, and help and that also kind of have an understanding for the work setup, which maybe, you know, uh, sometimes friends uh, don't have because they don't, are not part of the company. Um, I think the other surprise uh, for me was how, uh, because I'm a very empathic person, how actually em empathy um, can help you in a, in a work setting. Um, it really helps you to, to pick up those little nuances um, about people and uh, help us, you know, to really foster relationships, but, you know, also make people feel a bit more at ease. I have the feeling. Um, and there I just have like a super basic example, but I had a colleague at some point, you know, rushing in and, uh, uh, she was obviously under a lot of pressure and had a lot of work. And, you know, uh, I was first like, okay, let's sit down. Do you want something to drink? Um, you know, no rush. Uh, what's going on? And, you know, before we even started talking business, it was more about, you know, understanding where, where the colleague is. And then, you know, 
talk about the topics we had to talk about. But I found that uh, actually quite um, one of the biggest surprises, I guess. Maybe it's not that much of a big surprise, but okay. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, to your last question, um, what is it if I would change something about my career? Well, to be honest, <laughs> uh, I've learned from all my experiences and I'm not someone that would, you know, look back and say, ah, you know, you should have done maybe this or that differently because I think those learnings were quite important. And then also looking back, I, I can see that, you know, some things just come together and they make sense at some point and then you understand oh why why you turned left instead of right and um and yeah and all of those turns kind of were necessary right to build the edges of your personality and your career and and um and I feel I'm just at the beginning of the journey so I'm really looking forward to what's uh, to what's next <laughs> But that's a very good reflection. And I love everything you said also about, um, you know, surprises or episodes in your career that you reflected and you realized, okay, this was important. And this was, this was something that I will remember 10 years from now, you know, what I learned in that situation. And, um, you know, we all need to, to take that time to reflect on it. So I always ask this question because usually people say things that normally we consider really simple and um, easy to, um, you know, um, in interact or foresee. But the lesson behind is always greater. And uh, it's always good to have a reminder of the fact that um, you don't need to appear in a press release to know that you've done a great job when you've helped a colleague, right? And when you felt someone feel safe and uh, listened to um, at work. And those are things that, uh, yeah, we're probably not going to hear in the in the press, but means a lot to to other people. So super grateful that you've shared that, Laura. You're really full of wisdom here. I'm very happy that you've shared all of this uh, very specific uh, episodes with us as well, because it just makes the whole uh, interview and the whole interaction really, really uh, human and, you know, very, very uh, nice to to interact with. So thank you a lot for that. I will move forward to the final five fire questions. So before we say goodbye, Laura will answer us five questions. And the first one is, what is one book you think everyone should read? That's a really hard one. <laughs> I know you also, you uh, shared that you read a lot. So I'm really curious yes, what you've selected. <laughs> yes, I really love to read. And I honestly find each book has some important uh, takeaways. But okay, so I was... Um, uh, when I have to think about a book that also fits a bit maybe into the context, I would uh, recommend a book called Creativity Inc. Uh, by Ed Catmull. I don't know if you know that one, uh, but he's the co-founder of Pixar. And uh, this book, in this book, he explains on how he has built this great culture at Pixar and later at Disney that really unleashes inspiration within within employees. Super nice. So Creativity Inc. is your book recommendation. Yes. What is one um, piece of advice that you have received? What is the best piece of advice that you have received? Yeah, so, okay, in my early years, when I was uh, playing tennis uh, and I wanted to back then become a professional tennis player. <laughs> I learned a lot about discipline and never giving up. And I think one of the hardest things um, of all back then and I think maybe some people can really relate to that is even if if it gets tough <laughs> uh, to really never stop 
believing in yourself. And it really doesn't matter how many people believe in you, although it really helps. I think the most important thing is that eventually you also believe in yourself and in your abilities. And um, that's one of the advices I, I got back then from one of my trainers and that I still uh, that is still very close to my heart. Absolutely. And very, very, very important, right? What is, uh, who is your role model? Uh, yeah. So I, I don't have only one <laughs> because I see a lot of uh, people, uh, you know, with great abilities and uh, great personalities. And um, I learn from each of, of those people that surround me. I was about to say that uh, you will have a long list of names, but you've you've selected uh, none to to share, which is totally fine. I will encourage people to to follow you online and maybe see if you share any uh, pieces of wisdom uh, from what you learn also uh, from them. I, okay, let me just uh, let me just finish the final five so we can we can say goodbye properly. What would you choose to do if you were to have another career? Yeah, I think. I would maybe go back and just become a professional tennis player <laughs> and try. You know, out. that's a, that's not a bad idea nowadays. <laughs> it's such a popular uh, career track for those who who really make it to like the top, right? Yeah, maybe I would need to grow a few more inches. <laughs> <But> <laughs> okay, yeah. and our last question for today: If you could change places with someone, who would it be, and why? Ah, that's a really tricky one. But okay, let's say if I if it is for a week, um, I think I, I I would be curious to change with Emma Watson and really see how it is to be an actor on set and really just plainly out of curiosity because I have not so ever ever done theater or anything. So <laughs> yeah, very interesting. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, super interesting and also um, uh, very nice to hear that you have had um, all sorts of interest because I think this is also the cool thing about uh, our podcast is that we we talk about career development, but we also shouldn't forget that we all have interests and hobbies outside of work. So thank you so much for deep diving into that a little bit as well. So we will be sharing also your, uh, your LinkedIn profile for people to connect. I think you uh, have a lot of... Um, things to to share further i hope you will take the opportunity to also start doing that more often because i'm sure we all want to know i want to thank you for joining us today and i hope you've really enjoyed this interview yeah thank you so much alexandra it was my pleasure thank you all for listening and stay tuned for more interviews with inspiring female role models we hope you've enjoyed this episode of fem lead podcast Share the news with your friends and follow us on social media at Fem Lead Podcast Everywhere 